Blog Talk Radio. Shirts Radio. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. It is an absolute pleasure to be back talking to you guys. As always, I'm host Russell Hartman. Thankfully, my voice is back from yesterday, but we're going to get into that very soon. Joining me today, as always, John Luke Shapiro and Kevin Krupe. Guys, what an eventful day we had yesterday. Whoever would like I to speak first. Because I, yes. I always, first of all, I always give Jail the, the chance to start to talk first because you say his name oh, first. Oh, do you, Kevin? Do you really? If he doesn't want to take it, then really? I'll just talk. Always, Go ahead, Kevin. Talk. You're already doing it. Guys, <laughs> that's why. Because he didn't start. So, well, guys, you know, for everyone, oh, well, you Kevin, know the news. Kevin. There's some good news. There is news. There is news. Which we're, we, we're going to get to those that news very, very shortly. But yesterday, I'd like everyone to know, if anyone has ever sat in the upper deck at a sports game, specifically a baseball game, and you've had your fear of your phone falling, well, it happened to our own Kevin Krupe yesterday, and we felt really horrible. <laughs> Thankfully, Kevin got his phone back from, Met, from uh, the Mets social, uh, guest services, Thankfully. So Kevin, we're, well, we're thankful well, that your no, no, phone no, no. is okay. You left out a crucial part. I didn't <laughs> drop my phone. Somebody knocked my phone out of somebody else's hand, and it went flying down to the warning track. We're not so, going to get into the specifics on who did what. Let's just keep yeah, it we don't that. need to talk about that. But you know, well, I mean, anyway, I guys, here I didn't do anything. Who can you know process elimination? <laughs> anyway, okay. let's get right down to it. Uh, season's over. Playoffs start tonight. Unfortunately, the Rangers won't be a part of it. But I don't know. Did 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 something happen yesterday that that, that we should be aware of? There was something that happened, right? Thirty. Yeah, some some type of lottery drawing or something like that. Kevin, do you want to? I don't know. You tell me. What happened yesterday, yeah, Kevin? I I think I think uh, I think the it was like the lottery, the draft lottery. You know that thing. Oh for yeah, you know where. Oh yeah, and you know who? You know the Blackhawks got third. The oh, New wow, Jersey really? Devils got the first pick. Yeah, I heard the Devils, but who got the second pick? Jail. Who got the second pick in the draft lottery yesterday? The New York Rangers. Thank you, Joe Tollison. So yes, <laughs> the New York Rangers did indeed get the second overall pick in the NHL entry draft yesterday. I cannot explain how exciting it was. So just to give you guys some perspective. Me, John, Luke, and Kevin were at the Mets and Twins game yesterday. As soon as 8 o'clock hit, I flipped my phone on. We're watching the draft lottery with, like, people huddling around us, other Mets fans, like, what's going on? What are we doing? So we see that we're skipping. to be old. Immediately we lose our minds when the Rangers get skipped. Immediately everyone starts losing their minds. 
Then, of course, we see Bill Daly flip the card for number three, and it's the Blackhawks. At that point, we knew we were getting Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. So what happens? We get two. Capo Caco's arrival in New York will be here in June. We, I, I cannot explain how just exciting it is that we are going to have a franchise player. But we're going to get that into all the Capo Caco news, all the draft news. We're going to be in the second half of the show uh, where we will be joined by the one and only Stat Boy Steven. Steven Vugel will be joining us at 6 p.m. to discuss this guy, Capo Caco, what it means for the franchise. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it still feels like we're dreaming. It really still feels like we're dreaming. Um, so just quick thoughts on Kako before we get to our season wrap up, JL, give us a just few quick thoughts on him followed by Kevin. And then we'll really dissect it later in the show. Well, from the, re- the extended research um, I've done over the last couple of months, you know, with you and, and Kevin and just looking at a lot of the prospects for, you know, this upcoming moment. And for June, the kid he's like 17 years old playing in a men's league, big-bodied kid, and he's not only does he have good vision, but he has stupendous hands, and I know I'm probably not using that word. It's not even a word, probably. Who knows? But I'm going to use it for the emphasis of something <laughs> being really good. He he can get to the dirty areas, and he can drive the puck. He's good on the power play. There's some of the highlights I was watching over the last couple of months and obviously over the last couple of hours, it just seems like he has that raw energy to just kind of put the – Rangers over the top if they pick him, and he and and you know over the last couple of months, maybe the last year or so, we've been talking about trying to get that guy who can make a difference. And last year we thought we were going to attempt to try and get like a Svechnikov or you know amongst other things, a players who can just bust down the wing and score a goal. Now it so happens that we didn't necessarily get the player that we all thought we were going to get last year. But you know Kratzov's not too bad. I don't know about that. Kidding. He's uh, amazing. I, don't know about, I mean, Vitaly Krovsov is pretty amazing. <laughs> Not a big deal. Not a but, big deal. <laughs> but, you know, now that the tide of, the tides have turned and the Rangers have a top two pick, this oh, will be, whether it's Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, this is going to be the guy that we've been complaining about not having over the last couple of years. And guess what? With the way the team is right now, this team's going to be good within the next one or two years. If yeah, I'm right. Falls into Ke- place. Kevin, Rangers have never had a pick this high. Of course, we're going to get deep into this in the second half of the show. Just give us some – just what does this mean for the New York Rangers that we can potentially – that honestly, 90% chance we have Kako, 10% chance of Hughes. That's how I'm kind of figuring it at this point. So what will Capo Kako mean to this franchise? Well, you just got to look at his stats just in, 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 in a glance. You don't even need to look at it hard just to see that he's amazing. He made the for a 17 year old. He made you know broke a record for most goals in a season in uh, Liga with 22, beating Alexander Barkov who only had 20 who had 21 six years ago, which is fantastic. But you also need to look at how he plays position by position, and if you look at his point totals per position, left wing being his you know strongest center, and then right wing being the second strongest, you see that he is point per game. So he's not just a pure goal scorer. He can get to the dirty areas, like JL said. He can set up plays, and he, he's just that big body. He's 6'2", 190, I think. And, you know, he, he's just growing. He's still a kid. He's 18. There's, there's no reason that Jack Hughes or Capo Caco can't come in next year and automatically slot into first, second, or, you know, if they want to test the waters, third line, which I doubt. But an interesting little fact, not fact, but stat, Caco who scored his 22 goals in 45 games. Alexander Barkov 
took that in 51 games. So, you know, a little bit better, but at the same time, breaking records nonetheless. And it's just exciting. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited to have the second pick, but I prefer the first because then I would feel like, you know, the Devils can't take Kako. But either way, yeah, whatever we get, true. First either way, pick, we're I'm very happy. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, we're going to go deep into the, the draft lottery the second half of the show. But right now, let's talk about what happened this season with the New York Rangers. Like, you know, obviously it sucks not being in the, in the playoffs this year. to have to be on the outside looking in for the second year in a row for the tournament. But, you know, in the long run, this will be beneficial to us. Um, so, since the letter came out, actually, let's go to the summer before the letter. So, two off seasons ago for the, uh, that whole summer of, of change. Uh, the Broussard trade, the Stepan trade. Let's break it down in these past 13 months, really. What has gone on with the New York Rangers organization? First off, Derek Broussard was traded for Mika Zibanejad. Amazing trade. Absolutely amazing trade because Mika Zibanejad looks like a potential number one center for this franchise. Then you trade Stepan and Ranta for Tony D'Angelo and Leah Sanderson. Tony D'Angelo was our best defenseman this year, stat-wise. Look at the games he played in, the impact he had. The, the smart passing that the, the guy does, amazing trade right there. Then you trade McDonough and Miller for Brett Howden, Libor Hayek, Vladislav Nemesnikov, Nils Lundqvist, who we took with one of the picks, and potentially another first if they win the Stanley Cup this year, which is looking like it. Then you add in Vitaly Kravtsov, who many analysts are saying is the best prospect in the world that's been drafted, which is absolutely mind-boggling that you get something like that at nine, but it shows that Gordy Clark and co. did their homework. Keandre Miller follows that, who is one of the most raw talents on defense, but has the potential to be a Seth Jones type of defenseman here. We're talking about a number one potential defenseman on this team, who this team has lacked now, now that we don't have Ryan McDonough. And on top of that, the second overall pick in this draft, Hughes Kako, whichever one happens to fall, plus a potentially three more first round picks in this draft from the Dallas Stars, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'd say the past 13 months have been this rebuild has gone better than expected here. And yes, this season has been, you know, it, it wasn't nice seeing the boys lose so much and it hurts um, to have to look, be on the inside and look at the playoff tournament again. But, you know, JL, we'll start with you here, you know, for all the pain that we went through this season, uh, since the letters, seeing guys like Zook traded, Hayes gone, Hank crying in the stall, losing friends. Like it, we Ranger fans been through a lot in the past two years, but this season and the hardships that we've been going through, it will be worth it. JL, you know, you've been to the Garden a lot this season, like myself. Do you see this all paying off next year with potentially arrival of Artemi Panarin as well? Do you think this is a playoff team next season? I want to say a resounding yes, and I will tell you why. Now, I was at – I tend to tell this uh, anecdote a lot. I was at the uh, home finale two years ago when Vigneault was still coach, and I watched the way the players were on the ice, and I kept, t- I kept saying to myself, I went to a lot of games at the, after the deadline and, you know, after, you know, January when they started falling off after the Winter Classic. And so I'll be, I'll be up in, you know, Section 200 somewhere at MSG, and I'll just watch the players on the ice, you know, when we still had the abundance of players like McDonough Miller, you know, we still had Grabner. You know, we had a lot of the, a lot of the players that we grew up with they're playing on the ice and they're not playing well. These guys are supremely talented players. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Now you look at the way they ended the season this year with Strom winning the game in overtime, which by the way, is the reason why we got number two. Interesting factoid to look up. 
And not only that, but also just the way that they played, you know, at the end of the season. Like, yo, Russ, you were with me uh, the game against Columbus when Buchnevich yep. tied it up at the end. They were in yeah, that absolutely. game the whole time. Granted, yeah, I, they yeah, weren't absolutely. getting enough pressure uh, offensively. You know, Buchnevich finally got one through. But just watching the way the team played at the end of this season, it's a far cry from the previous season. So now absolutely. it sucks to- it sucks to see every night or every other night see them just get mollywopped by teams that the Rangers normally would beat two or three years ago. It's a painful process. But what the Rangers did in the last 13 months is something that other teams have taken years to get to, if you realistically think about it. Toronto took them years to get to where they needed to get at where they're currently at right now. Buffalo still after all these years of getting high-end picks, is still struggling. Edmonton, that's a crapshoot, you know? So if you really think about it, what the Rangers accomplished in 13 months is amazing compared to other teams. And I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to say, hey, this team's going to be in the show next year because the the effort level that David Quinn is uh, pushing on these players is showing on the ice. They've been taking top end teams like they took Winnipeg to a real close game earlier this year. They, they're taking Columbus almost every single game they played against them this year to the max. You know Pittsburgh overtime winner. So what makes you think if they don't get enough top end talent to pop the puck in the back of them? That's been the problem, really. Yeah, some hiccups on defense here and there. A lot of defense is kind of young, and you know Mark Stahl's not really at the level he used to be, but. The knock is that they can't score. So you add a bunch of scorers like a Kako or a Hughes or a Panarin and a Kratzoff, and there you go. So I there think they're going to be in the playoff and next year. Jail, and the, the exactly way Exactly what it. you just said. Exactly what you just said is what everyone should be looking forward to. Look, this team has been missing finishers. Even David Quinn said that at the end of the season. Now you have the potential to add Kako or Hughes. You're gonna, everyone is earmarking Artemi Panarin for New York. And Vitaly Kravtsov will be here next season. That is three changes in the top six. So you're adding into this top six. So say you take you you keep Zabanajad, Hedl, and Kreider, and you throw in Kravtsov, Kako, and Panarin. That team could that top six is, can do some damage in the Eastern Conference. That has scoring, that has speed, that has skill, that has power. And imagine a power play, right? You keep Kako on one side. You keep Zibanejad on the other, both their shots. You camp Kreider in front of the net. You have Vitaly Kravtsov on the point commanding things. Oh, my God. It's it's a dream. And this is something that we can look forward to in the coming years. Absolutely. It is going to be a great time. Now, Kevin, from your perspective, this yeah. was a rough season. This was a very rough season for us Rangers fans. One where we have, since we've been watching hockey, we have not had to deal with. Um, if you could take away a few things from this season. Um, what did you think of David Quinn's performance this year in his first season behind the bench? And do you think his message truly got across to the boys this year? Um, I personally think, you know, with the, with the way Pavel Bujanevich came out of his shell, seeing Mika Zibanejad embrace a number one center role, that they're really taking to this guy. What is your perspective on how this season went and with David Quinn's first season behind the bench? I really would actually just as planned. Now, don't get me wrong. I just want to start off by saying, if we didn't get in the top three, we would see another year or two with this rebuild, realistically. Now that we have a top three pick, let alone a top two pick, we're, we are having an accelerated 
rebuild and to actually retool like Jeff Gordon said it was going to be. So I just want to start off with that, which is just fantastic. But, you know, David Quinn instills hard work and effort. He says we're playing to the last second of the game, which, like you guys said, like JL said, you know, they're playing hard and they're playing right down to the end of it. They're making really close games. And, you know, the whole year, I personally, and I know you guys were bashing the Rangers, uh, why are they Why are they getting the overtime? Why are they, you know, forcing that last, last, like, you know, last-minute goal, which I've seen more times this year than I've actually seen when they've been competing, which is ridiculous. But, you know, he, I, I, like his, I like his, you know, fortitude. I like the way he's taking these kids and then, you know, driving them into the right direction. You've got to look at it this way. He's a college coach. He's used to getting young kids, specifically 18-year-olds, into a game and then learning to lose a good chunk of players at the end of the year, which, you know, happened with, you know, losing Hayes, Zuccarello, um, McQuaid, and now possibly Kreider, you know, a, a few other players who might not get re-signed this year or might get traded during the draft. So he knows how to take the core players and take players that he knows that he needs to focus on and, you know, push them to their potential. And this is just the first year. We all knew this wasn't going to be a perfect year, and we know that he's going to be great this year, this coming year, excuse me. But one of the people that I really want to shine my light on as one of the, I think he's probably the top three guy the whole year, is Alexander Georgiev. And Alexander Georgiev has really shown that he could be a starter in the NHL. And that causes problems, but it causes competition for our, another top prospect, Igor Sezjorskis. I think Georgiev is the reason why we won a lot of the games. It's the reason why I was so mad. Like, well, stop putting the kid in. He's doing great. You need to suck. But he's been great, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy about this. And, Kevin, you know, that is a great year, segue, too. Absolutely great segue. I, I just want to point out, finish I, your I, thought, just, but that is a just, great just segue. To finish, yeah. yeah. But Georgiev has really given the Rangers brass something to think about coming this draft and this offseason. And like I said last year, I said if he could play to top, like top of his game all year, we would really see a difficult decision with Quinn, with Jeff Gordon, and with possibly signing Igor Sezjorskin, which if you did see a recent, um, I guess it was an interview after Scott lost in the playoffs, Igor said, look, I don't know why these lies are getting spread around. I don't know if there was a loss in translation, but if the Rangers want me to play in Hartford, I'm going to play in Hartford, but I don't want to talk about it right now. So Absolutely. he's not going to stay in Russia. He wants to come over to the Rangers, which gives Georgiev, Lundqvist, and Sezgorskin just so much, I don't, I don't want to say energy, but just drive to, to be their best selves. And, you know, like, like JL said, we might be contending next year if everything breaks right. So we'll see. And I, I, I'm very excited for the offseason. I don't know about you. Oh, I mean, no, I'm thrilled to get to I, – I love that segue because we're, we're moving on to offseason and lineups for next year. And, you know, the play of Alexander Georgiev, it seems whatever Benoit Allaire or whoever Benoit Allaire wants and gets, he turns into a machine. He turns into a machine. And, you know, everyone loves Mitch Korn. Everyone thinks Mitch Korn is the goalie whisperer because of what he's done for the Islanders, what he's done for the Washington Capitals. I'm sorry. But Benoit Allaire – no matter what goaltender this man works with, you look Cam at, you Talbot. Look at Ranta and Talbot. Yeah. Yes, Cam Talbot, Auntie Ranta, Alexander Georgiev. I'm sure Igor Shosturkin is going to be in the same boat. Henrik Lundqvist. Don't forget Marty Biron, single... by the way. Yeah, Marty Biron oh, yeah, as well. Marty Biron. Yeah, 
every guy that Benoit Allaire takes under his two, under his wing to teach, it's it's unbelievable. You know, the Rangers get qual like the Rangers use these guys for what they need in backup roles, and then they trade them to advance their team. And you know, Benoit the Benoit Allaire love does honestly Rangers Twitter shows him love. But the rest of the NHL, yes, Mitch Korn is a fantastic goaltending coach, but it's time Benoit Allaire gets the respect he deserves because I guarantee you, last year when the Rangers picked Olaf Lindbaum in the second round and everyone was complaining, everyone was mad, I guarantee you that Benoit Allaire went up to Gordy Clark and Jeff Gordon and said, I want this kid, and they were like, sure, you got it. I guarantee it. That is what happened because why wouldn't they listen to the man who's gifted them all of these amazing goaltenders over the past few years? Rant over. Benoit Allaire is awesome. So, we move on to the summertime and the offseason, and next year the Rangers are going to look very, very different. Um, number one, Artemi Panarin. All right? This is, this is the big fish. This is what everyone has been talking about all year. So Artemi Panarin has been known wants to play in New York, although with John, um, John Quenville, wow, pff, with Joel Quenville being hired down in Florida, people think the Panthers could get him away from us, which is very possible. But I ultimately think Panarin will end up here. I think the lore of the second overall pick, the lore of playing in the big city, um, being part of something where, you know, if you win a cup in New York, you're a legend for life, okay? That will draw him here. Um, you know, you. the whole point being uh, that Artemi Panarin will immediately probably be our best offensive player on our team for the time being. And then you talk about the goaltenders like Kevin brought up. Uh, you, have, you could arguably have three NHL goaltenders next year. When you carry Shostyurkin, Georgiev, and Hank. So what do you do? I think Shostyurkin should start in Hartford, like Carter Hart similarly did for the Philadelphia Flyers this year. Uh, although, you know, Carter Hart obviously started for Lehigh, so I mean the AHL. Um, start Shostyurkin down there and let him dominate. Let him slaughter the competition down there. And when he's ready, then, you, then the Rangers have a decision to make. What to do with Alexander Georgiev, because you know they're not trading Henrik Lundqvist. So as we move well, into I mean, this... Can't. So. I mean, they can't. And yes, and he will say no. So, JL, you know, ne- moving into next year, um, what are, I guess, the top three moves? I'm going to go to Kevin after this. What are the top three moves you. you would like to see happen during this summer? Or even, we can go into next season, what would you like the three three top changes you like to see to our lineup uh, within the coming year? Well, first off, you hit, you hit on it uh, right at the back. Uh, obviously, Artemi Panarin is a focus. Okay, obviously, it should be. It should be. You know, I think someone made a tweet that uh, someone wrote a tweet that, that the Rangers want are going to give him a Brinks truck full of money uh, for him to come here. And you know what? Rightly so. Uh, I think another move that I think this team needs to focus on, or at least put their attention to, is not one that we haven't really discussed at length. But I think it's something that, in order to help the long-term health of the team, would do them great. Is find a way to get suitors for Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith. And I and why do I say that? Because it not, it's nothing a detriment against them personally because none of this is ever really personal. But it's shown that Brendan Smith and Mark Stahl cannot stay with the rest of the NHL. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. When you get older, your body ages. You know, Mark Stahl's done all that he can for this team and this franchise. He's taken literal pucks to the face uh, everywhere else on his body. Knees messed up. And he's still doing his best to get out there, but it's not what the Rangers need in this current iteration of the franchise. And as for Brendan Smith, you know, I defended the signing. 
from uh, in the offseason a couple years ago because I thought that, you know, he was still kind of young enough and he played well with Brady Shea, but no one really expected him to kind of turn the way that he did. So you find a suitor for him, there's got to be a team out there that would be willing to take that contract. And another move would obviously be a way to keep Chris Kreider here. Now, a lot of people aren't really too happy with the way he ended his season, but you have to remember he played hurt. And when you're a fast guy like Chris Kreider, when you're depending on your legs because it was a lower body injury, you're not going to get the mileage that you were able to get out of your healthy legs that you would with any injured lower body part. So I think what the Rangers need to do is find a way to keep Kreider here. Oh, but he's a holdover and he's a little older. Yeah, so what? Kreider is actually pretty good. He's shown chemistry with Zibanejad and Buchnevich. He wants to play here. He's a leader. And Jeff Gordon has said many times throughout the um, throughout the offseason last year and even during the season that he's not just going to throw a bunch of youth out there on the ice because that's kind of that's kind of going against really what this whole thing is about. You need to infuse them with veterans. Chris Kreider knows the team. He knows the area. He knows what the deal is to play at Madison Square Garden. He knows Russians. So you want to have that influence around a guy like a Kratzoff or a Shestyorkin or even a Kapokakro or a Jack Hughes because he is probably one of the more consummate professionals on this team. So either one of those three things I honestly think the Rangers need to get to. Now, I would say another point here, but this is going to be a discussion for another day that I'm sure you guys would absolutely hate, is finding a way to get Eric Carlson here. But that's a different story. Mm. Kevin, what do you think? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> Eric Kevin, Kevin, it. before you begin, <laughs> before you begin here, JL, I promise you on the next show, we will talk about that because there's a lot to say with that. <laughs> and there's a lot of things, there's a lot of opinions that people have on that about Eric Carlson. I yes. don't know about Eric Carlson. I wrote an article about it. I know it. you do. You did. So can you know I, what? Can we, I give my take on Eric Carlson, please? No, no, no. We're saving the Eric Carlson no, talk because that, that itself can take... be a half hour discussion. What? Yeah, Kevin. Fine, Abide fine. by the you rule. Whatever. It's yeah. my take anyway. It's my turn. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. I want to talk. <laughs> you keep wasting time, Kevin. Hurry up. Oh, God. Um, number one. Number one. As much as, you know, Rangers Twitter has their ideas, I don't want Eric Carlson. He's very injury prone. And I think that our young defensemen need time to grow before we, you know, you know, throw the hammer down and say they're busts. That's it. Moving on. Move One on, of the things Kevin. I would love to see within this offseason going into next year, which I feel like now with this pick, I feel like everybody's forgetting, you know, they make the nice little mock lineups that might happen next year if we sign Panera, we get Kako, you know, all that crazy stuff. I feel like Brendan Lemieux is getting left out. You forget how great of an acquisition Brendan Lemieux was in the Hayes trade to Winnipeg. I think that was one of the best moves. He's a diamond in the rough player. He got shut down. I don't want to say shut down, but he got, you know, overshadowed by the better Winnipeg players. And he's gritty. He has good size. He fights when he needs to. He doesn't just do it whenever. And he scores goals. He has automatic chemistry. He, he's a spark plug in the lineup that everybody loves. And I love Brendan Lemieux. I think he's a great player. I think you sign him to a two-, three-year deal and really see if this works out for him. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but he might end up on the fourth line, but wouldn't you want him on your fourth line if you have consistent minutes throughout the whole lineup? So if Brendan Lemieux gets extended because he is an RFA at this end, the end of this year, uh, I think that'll be a good plus, a good, you know, sign showing that, you know, the Rangers brass is like, we like this kid. This is why we traded for him. You know, we're going to keep him. 
here, and he really showed that, you know, if you give him minutes, if you give him time, he's going to, you know, steamroll right into the net, which is just fantastic. Um, I'd love to see more defensemen. As I do agree with uh, JL about getting rid of Smith and Stahl. No matter what it costs, I really would take half their salary at this point because of how young the team is, because of how young and, you know, controllable their contracts are. You can cut them in half, you know, all this other great stuff about, you know, cap hits and all that. But uh, another thing is, you know, trading for uh, um, Fox's rights from Carolina, which mm, would be great. Very good point. It would be a very interesting trade. Uh, I've been hearing different things about how to get it, um, but you know he has—he's a Rangers fan. He always wanted to play for the Rangers. Uh, he doesn't want to play for Carolina because he knows he doesn't want to get you know stuck in their affiliate, which totally understandable. It's the same reason why Hayes and VC did it. So, I guess a question to you, Russell, just to segue before we get Steve on: um, What would you think the Rangers would trade to Carolina for Fox's rights? Okay, so thank you for that segue, Kevin. I liked your takes, You're I must welcome. say. Thank so, you. Thank you very much. Uh, the two things I want, there's a few things I want to hit on before we're joined by Steve and we just get into the amazing Capo Caco talk. But um, I think that, the, I mean, the Rangers have all the leverage here for Adam Fox, okay? Carolina does not have any leverage here. Uh, you know, if I was the Rangers, if I was Jeff Gordon, on draft day, I would offer the Hurricanes a third. I would say take it or leave it, He's, you know, and if they say, all right, give us a little more, I'd probably throw in Jimmy VZ or something like that. I'd be like, all right, fine, take this, and I'd be really okay with like a third in VZ for the rights to Adam Fox uh, because I'm pretty sure the Rangers will lock him up to the two-year entry-level deal since he would be coming out of college, so I think definitely that would be a really good deal for us. Um, I would like to touch on a few things before Steve joins us as well. I think one of the silver linings from this, this year has to be the play of Pavel Buchnevich. Um, you have a guy that was constantly playing with different line mates up until, uh, you know, KZB was put together again on and off during the season. And let's not forget how many goals this kid scored um, over, you know, he was scratched. Uh, like I said, fourth line minutes and he scored over 20 goals. Uh, I think Butchnevich is someone who, you know, untaps potential and David Quinn is bringing that out of him. Who, and he could easily be in our top six next season, depending on how things, you know, pan out. Uh, so that is definitely one of the big things I really wanted to point out was the play of Pavel uh, because he deserves, you know, he deserves the praise for how he's played this season. Another piece of silver lining this year, obviously the play of Filipino. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he didn't, he didn't light it up. He didn't do this. Filipino had 23 points this year. Tyler Sagan had 22 points in his first season in the league. And yes, they're not going to be the same type of player, but you need to understand something here. Filipino is 19 years old. 19 years old. What were you doing when you were 19 years old? What were you up to when you were 19 years old? Were you playing in the toughest hockey league in the world, lighting teams up on certain nights? No, you weren't. So give for the, for the naysayers out there and the people calling the kid a bust, please relax. He's 19 years old, playing for his first full season away from his home in Europe. Kind of culture shocky for the kid, you know? Yeah, he played in Hartford last year, but it's different playing in Hartford, Connecticut than it is in New York City. Okay, he will be fine. He is going to be an amazing player for us for a long time. And honestly, I'm kind of getting sick of the Leah Sanderson bus talk as well. This kid is 20 years old, only a year older than Filipino. And they both showed improvements in their game throughout the season when they were getting consistent minutes. Okay, give the kids some time. Let them adjust and they will be better as time goes on. 
Instant gratification does not always happen in hockey. Not everyone is Connor McDavid. Not everyone is Austin Matthews, and people need to understand that. And I'm sorry, I don't want to hear next season when Vitaly Kravtsov starts off a little slow or Kapokako starts off a little slow that they're busts because you're wrong. You're absolutely 100% wrong. Let these kids adapt to their game, and it will pay off in spades down the line. David Quinn is getting the most he can out of all his players, and I think he just going forward, I, would, I don't want to have anyone else behind the bench except David Quinn. He's a fantastic coach. So with that, this is you a know, great discuss- segue to Steve because he is the biggest Absolutely. Leah Anderson fan, and he can now, just talk for three hours straight about how Leah Anderson won't be a bust. You know him as Stat Boy Steven on Twitter. It is my absolute pleasure to bring on to the Forever Blue Shirts podcast, Mr. Steven Vogel. Steve, how are you doing today, man? It's a pleasure to have you on, dude. Oh man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm exhausted because I haven't slept since the lottery. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> look, the lottery. I, the the broadcast started at two a.m. So I I went to bed early. I woke up at two. Started the stream. I was immediately frustrated because they said in thirty minutes we will reveal, and I was already ready to break something. Um, and there were there were two possibilities: either we go into the top three or we don't. If we weren't going into the top three, I would have switched off my laptop, go go to bed, sleep until seven, get up and go to work. But fortunately, we ended in the top two because I didn't want third overall anyway. I mean, what's the difference between third and fifth overall? You are picking from the same pool of players in both those spots anyway. But when we got the top two pick. I was so excited. I was so happy. I just, I just, I, I couldn't sleep. And, and it just, it, it, it was crazy. I was talking to people and before I knew it, it was 7.30 a.m. and I had to get up and go to work. And, um, you know, I think we share in your excitement there because no, uh, you know, we, we hoped and we hoped and we hoped and we prayed, but we did not <laughs> expect getting that pick and getting the chance to take either Capo Kaka or Jack Hughes. And now, Steve, you know our European prospects more than almost anyone in the world. You, you travel to see them. You've met them. You've met Nils. You've met Leas. You've met Kravtsov. Yep. So before we get into Kako and what he can mean to this franchise, you know, I was talking about Leas Anderson before you came on. You know, you've met this kid. You've spoken to this kid. Just tell everyone I, why they need to calm down about him and why he's going to be good for this franchise. All right. See, I've met him a couple of times, but that, that, that doesn't really affect the way I judge him as a player. Um, thing, though, he is 20 years old, and this is his second season after the draft. Um, and people can complain all they want about, you know, he's not putting up points or um, the NHL is too, too fast for him or whatever. You know, this happens with 20-year-olds. Um I can name I, I can name ten players off the top of my head now who were still playing junior hockey at the same age. Shifley, uh, Barzal, Marchand, Krejci, um, um, Couture, Pavelski. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, Claude Giroux, Derek Brassard, players who played junior hockey in their second season after the draft, and you didn't hear anyone complain about it. And you have a guy like Elias Anderson and Philip Hedo who play in the NHL. They put up 10, maybe 20 points, and fans go nuts. They go, oh, it's a bust. Oh, we should have gone with Middlestad. 
Yeah, because Middlestad is really racking up the points in Buffalo. Middlestad is not a, is not a bad player, but come on, man. At seventh overall and at ninth overall, you know you have to go with your gut, and you're going to pick a player that it's, it's going to be a fifty-fifty chance. Either it works out or it doesn't. Um, and you know that actually brings me to the second overall pick. I wanted to actually get the second overall pick instead of the first overall pick because now there won't be any discussion for the next 10 freaking years how we <laughs> picked the wrong player for the overall. You know, the New Absolutely. Jersey Devils will pick that player and we will pick the other one. And every fan, every Rangers fan will agree. Um, but then I see fans saying, oh, but what if we pick someone else? That doesn't happen. I mean, there's, there's no argument at second overall. This isn't ninth overall where every team has a different player top of their list. Second overall, there's no discussion. It's either Hughes or Kako, and whoever is passed on by the Devils, that's our player. So. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm freaking excited, man. I've, I've been watching this kid for years. Um, I actually, actually went to Finland to uh, watch uh, Tarmo Reijonanen, the Finnish defenseman we drafted in 2015. And that's when I met him for the first time. And he was, at the time, he was 16, um, maybe even 15. Um, and he was training with the team, but he wasn't playing. And I got to meet him and got to, got to ask him some questions. And I, I, I never could have imagined the Rangers would be in a position to pick him because this was two this was twenty sixteen seventeen. We were um you know, we were in the playoffs for like six or seven years in a row and yeah, I never expected us to have the second overall pick. But this this changes everything. This this changes the whole dynamic of our rebuild. This changes the uh, whole uh, franchise yeah. for the next ten, fifteen years. And I don't yeah. think I don't think everyone understands what a big deal this is. This isn't another top 10 pick. This is a second overall pick. It's the highest pick we've had since 1966. I mean, my mom, my mom was three years old when that happened. <laughs> Rescue was five. It's crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it, it's, it's truly incredible to, 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 know, to think about how, you know, when this rebuild started, we all prayed and hoped for a top three pick somewhere <laughs> along the line. And two years yep. in – we have we have the we have it right in front of us that we are either going yeah. to get one of the best U18 finished prospects of all time of all time. This kid is breaking records, broke Alexander Barkov's goal record. People are describing yeah. this kid as as Patrick Lyonnais, but better in every facet of the game that Lyonnais lacks in. This is someone who you should be getting excited for now, getting ready to see this kid on Garden Ice start lighting it up, and the Rangers have a player to build around. This is a superstar yep. caliber player. This is what we have all been wanting for years and years and years. And you know what? Excuse my language here, but goddamn, it feels amazing. It feels it amazing. It, it's it like it really for does. The first time. Now, yeah. now, Steve, I know you've seen Capo play a lot. You've seen a lot of you know European prospects. Now, while you watch him on the ice, I know the ice surface is a lot bigger in Europe and in Russia and all those places. But how do you think his game will transition over to the smaller ice surface of the states? You know, um, everybody, every you see these kids have a you know some trouble adjusting right away. Do you think he's going to take it in strides like most of these prospects? Or do you think he's going to jump right in and then just score at will? 
Um, there are two reasons why I think Kako doesn't really need that much time to adjust. The first one is that the Finnish league is more physical than the Russian league. So this isn't like the KHL where there's, there is some hitting, but it, it's, it's a very uh, uh, skill-oriented league. Whereas the Finnish league, there, there's still physicality in the game to a much larger degree than, than the Russian league. Second, um, I think the whole getting used to smaller ice and getting used to different playing styles, it, it, it applies to 99% of the players. But Kako does not belong to those 99% of the players. Otherwise, he wouldn't go top two. Kako is, is in that group of players that is so talented and is so good at everything, at every facet of hockey, that he will find a way around it. Um, Barkov came into the league after being drafted as an, as a, as after he had just turned 18, and he put up, I think, 28, 28 points in, in 50 games. Um, and that's what I expect from, from Kako. If he plays 80 games, I expect him to get thirty between thirty and forty points. I'd be happy. Um, that's, that's under the assumption he plays top six minutes, of course. Well, yeah. Well, a second overall pick doesn't doesn't automatically get top line minutes. He probably starts mm-hmm. in, on the like the second or third line. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, we are a rebuilding team, and this isn't this isn't. Uh, Boston in 2011 who drafts Sagan and who's then on the fourth line because they are already a contender. This is a Rangers team that is going through a rebuild and aside from Zibanejad, I don't think I don't think any any forward comes even close to what Kako can do in, in two, three years. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's an exciting time. This is a player that we haven't had and, and we always complain about drafting and, and you know, the Rangers suck at drafting, and, and Tampa Bay is so great at drafting. But, hey, at, you know what? At, at least we did not draft Brett Connolly and Slater Kukuk in the top in, in the top 15, you know? Oh, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we have Kako now. Kravtsov's coming over, and Kravtsov is, um, I think someone else said it, said it earlier as well, he's considered a top three prospect outside of the NHL. In the world, um, I think Kravtsov will struggle a little bit more because it's just, he's a different type of player. He probably needs a mm-hmm. year or two to really get to that level where he can hit that 60, 70 point mark, maybe. Um, but yeah, fans need to be patient. I mean, this isn't a video game where you just go all out and your rookie scores 90 points. Um, you know, it, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay if a rookie is is only putting up thirty or forty points. That's fine, because Absolutely. people always seem to forget. You know, they always go, "Oh, you bust Barzal." Yeah, Barzal made, uh, was a rookie when he was twenty-one, not eighteen. It's a big difference. Yeah, huge difference. Um, Absolutely. You know, and and yeah, second overall, this is this is just a pick that we cannot be, we cannot mess it up. You know, yeah. There's no way. There's no way we can we can do anything wrong here. Because worst you know, case that, scenario, we pick, we, we pick Kako or use, and it doesn't work out, but we still pick the right player. Absolutely. And, you know, I, to, to that point, Steve, to that point, um, you know, every year fans are like, oh, Rangers could go off board. Rangers could, you know, people are scared. This year, there's no reason to worry. You either get Capo Kako, who, like we've been saying, is this elite talent who 
this is a guy when he caps out is going to be an 80, 90 point player every season in the league, or uh-huh. you get the, the highest scorer ever from the U.S. National Development Program in Jack Hughes, who is one of the best skaters in the world. And now, yep. Dale, I know you wanted to ask Steve something, so go right ahead. Yeah. You know, transitioning uh, into uh, huh, funny play awards, transitioning from forward to defense. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, Nils Lundqvist. Now, I know you've done uh, extensive research on him. I mean, you met the guy, you went to go see him play. You probably know more about this guy than, you know, probably some people that follow him do. So I wanted to ask you, you touched on Kako and, you know, his immediate impact. I want to go to Lundqvist because it seems to me that this kid has high-end potential from obviously the analysis that you brought and just from things I've seen on the Internet. So yep. how long do you think it'll take for him to get to the NHL and what type of defenseman do you expect him to be, whether it be either a second-pair offensive defenseman or a legitimate top-end first-pair offensive defenseman? Well, it's, it's difficult to say what his eventual ceiling is. I mean, he's only 18. He's turning 19 in June. He's, he's still a kid. Um, but the fact that he's playing 15, 16 minutes a game in the Swedish Hockey League, which to me, is the third best hockey league in the world. You could argue the AHL is better, but I think, I think they're so close that they're interchangeable. So let's, uh, let's just say he plays 15, 16 minutes on defense in a top four league in the world as an 18-year-old on the best team in the league. Lulia it was one of the better teams in the league. They finished second because the last couple of weeks they, they lost some games that they should have won. I'm not saying it's because Lundqvist was injured, but that 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 is what happened. Um, you know, he's he's the type of player who controls the puck, and I think the best comparable I could come up with is uh, Tomas Kaberle, the Czech defenseman. Ah, oh, ah, that's very, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and I mean, his coaches trust him too. They were playing Frolunda in the in the semifinals. And they were down 3-1 with, with just minutes to go. They pulled the goalie, and he pulls, puts Lundqvist out there as an, ex, as, as an extra player. This is an 18-year-old kid, and the coach just puts him out there with an empty net. Wow. And no kidding. That, that, wow. That, 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 that says a lot to me. That, the fact that the coaches trust him that much, it's, that is huge. That is, and, and, you know, I understand Ranger fans are really excited about Keandre Miller. I mean, who wouldn't be? He was a beast this year in college. But I think fans often underestimate the, um, the, the performance of a player in a pro league at such a young age. Because we have to be honest, if you play college hockey, you play against kids who are 20, 21, maybe 22 or 23. But if you play in the Swedish league, you play against, you play against you know, professionals. Joel Lundqvist played for Frolunda. He played for the Dallas Stars. You know, he may not be NHL caliber anymore, but there's a lot of experience and a lot of physicality that, you know, as an 18-year-old, you just have to put up with. Absolutely. And if, if the coaching staff trusts him so much that they put him out there with, with the goalie pulled, if they play him 15, 16, sometimes even 19 minutes in a game, um, that's, that's just something that I did not expect from this kid when we drafted him. I was happy we drafted him him to make this much progress in just one year and you know that that just makes me excited for the future and you want as many 
uh, chips on the uh, on the table, so to speak, when it comes to defensemen. And we have so many. If if only yeah, we really do. Twenty five. Oh, yes, we do. If only, if only a quarter of them pan out, then then we still have three defensemen who play in yeah. the NHL. Now, Steve, a guy I really wanted to talk to you about is, especially since we're on the topic of defense here, Tarmo Runinen was obviously the biggest jump in our prospect rankings for the Rangers all season. The guy was putting up amazing numbers. Yeah, with good reason. Putting up amazing numbers. Um, You, like, to have you on the show is such a gem because you've seen these guys play more than anyone here, and I love getting your perspective on this. What can you tell everyone about Tarmo and what do you think will be his? What do you think he can achieve once he once he comes to the Rangers? What do you where do you see him ultimately ending ending up for his career? Can he be that guy in a first line role? Can he be a guy they lean to on the power play? What do you see him doing once he comes to North America? Well, with Rionan, and it's it's a little bit different. He, he is he's not the same type of player Lundqvist is. He is. I mean, he's 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 good offensively, but defensively, he his gap control needs some work still. But at the same time, if he moves to to North America where the rinks are a bit smaller, maybe it's not that big of an issue, because you know it's, everything is, you know, it's it, it may be easier for him. But I think the biggest the biggest upside for him of this past season is that his previous team just let him go. He was playing for TPS, the same team that Kako is playing for. And he just didn't get a chance. He was a seventh defenseman, eighth defenseman on that team for two years. He had some gruesome injuries. Um, and they let him go. He went to Luco, which is also a top team, but it's just a different team. And within three months, he, he went from third pair to first pair defenseman. And that's, that, that's just that's huge. It, it's great for his development. And he was actually invited for the senior national team which I don't think anyone expected at the start of the season that he would play for the Finnish national team. Um, yeah, the thing with, with him is that we have his rights for one more year. His rights expire in 2020 because he was drafted in 2016. So the Rangers have, have a decision to make. Do they sign him this year and then maybe loan him out to Luko again if he doesn't make the team? Or do they wait for next summer and then, and then sign him? Um, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting, interesting choice that the Rangers have. Interesting decision to make, and I guess it depends on what's going on in Hartford because we have so many defensemen there already. We need to get rid of the, of, of some of them. There, there is just no way you can sign Ryunanen and and Rykov from from Russia, and just just expect it to to all fit because you can, you can only use seven defensemen on on either team. That's four teams. And I think I, I think we actually already have fourteen defensemen in the system. So yeah, we have we have quite a bit. But you know, like they say, not everyone's going to be on this team. You use them as chips. You use them as assets. You use what you can to you know to move things around. Um, you know, and that's fine. That's- yeah. So with Keandre Miller and Nils Lundqvist, Tarmo Runinen, Igor Rykov, you know, the Rangers have really been acquiring talent on the blue line. So obviously, we, we know that. Capo Caco or Jack Hughes will be the choice at number two, depending on what the New Jersey Devils yeah. decide. But with one of those yeah. lower picks we have, obviously we could have as many as three later in the first round. We could have four picks in this first round, which is absolutely incredible. Um, Steve, who do you think the Rangers should target with some of those lower picks? Um, who are some European guys do you think would be a nice fit for our pipeline? Uh, 
in in, in that range uh, depends on what you are looking for. If you're if you're looking for a defenseman, um, a guy like Zilla Heinola who plays with Rionanen for Luko, um, he could be a nice defenseman to pick up late in the first round. Um, but the one guy and 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 maybe one of you guys is going to laugh when I mention this name because it's the one the one name that I just keep mentioning over and over again. The one kid that I really want the Rangers to pick is Pavel Dorofeyev. I mean, the kid is probably going to be a late first or early second round pick. But man, he reminds me so much of Kravtsov. It's 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 Ooh. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. He has the same style. He has a, a very, very mature style of hockey that he plays. Um, he he absolutely tore up junior hockey earlier in the season, and he was promoted to the KHL team. And he played a lot of games in the KHL for someone his age. Um, left off the under twenty team for the World Juniors, unfortunately. But same thing happened to Kravtsov last season. So that's not that's that really a red flag for me. Um. But if the Rangers want to go all out and, and acquire some more forwards, I'm all for that. Because on the, when it comes to defensemen, we have so many in our system already. And if you look at the forwards, of all the forwards in our system that are not signed to contracts yet, aside from Kravtsov, the best ones are Patrick Vierta and Morgan Barra. Is that really what you want to build your future on? We need, we need forwards, I'm sorry. And 2018 was the draft for defensemen. I mean, that first round in 2018 was amazing. You had Darlene and Quinn Hughes and Bouchard and Dobson and uh, uh, Lundqvist and Sandin and Miller and Ty Smith. And that's just the first round. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, Boquist, Adam Boquist, I even forgot about him. There were so many good defensemen that, that were drafted in the first round. And this year it's just different. It's, it's focused on forward. So if you're going to, if, if, if you want to, you know, really stock up on prospects, I would go with forwards, even late in the first round. So what can you tell us? You, you know, you love, you, you're talking about Dorofeyev, right? And you say he's Kravtsov-like. Um, do you see him having that kind of similar, like, rise up the rankings that Vitaly had this season, how he's being, you know, Rangers being lauded for taking Kravtsov. Oh, great decision. You know, they couldn't have done better at nine and all of this. Do you think that if they take someone like him, he could really rise up the rankings like that next season? And as well to that point, do you think he would be in the NHL next year or do you think he'd still spend another year in Europe? No, I think Dorofeyev needs a year or two still in Europe to develop. And I don't think Dorofeyev will climb up the rankings the way Kravtsov did because last year, 2018, was a year for Kravtsov that we probably won't see in, in, in the next three years because of the Olympics. I mean, he played in the playoffs for uh, for his team, where he was amazing. But before that, when uh, the Olympics were on, and and some some the KHL was on hold for the Olympics, he was sent down to the minor leagues, and he just tore it up in the minor leagues. This is like the the Russian equivalent of the AHL. So he plays against grown grown ups, and he was he was one of the best players on the ice. He played for the Russia B team, and again, he was one of the best players. And, and Dorofeyev did not have that opportunity this year because there were no Olympics, so there wasn't really that opportunity to showcase yourself in, in different levels. But the team that will draft him late in the first round will be very happy with him. That's, that's my take. <laughs> 
I mean, every year there's this one player that I really like. And, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was really, really excited that we drafted Brad Morrison. But, yeah, never worked out. But last year, I, so I wanted crossover. And, you know, I, I think I was, at the, I was at the draft in Dallas. I was talking to Ranger fans and after the pick, and Ranger fans were furious. They were, they were looking at me and they're like, why do you want this player? I've never even heard of him. I'm like, yeah, well. Do we, should we really have this conversation if you've never heard of him? What's the point? Yeah. Um, everyone wanted Wallstrom, and I get it. I mean, Wallstrom was an exciting prospect. But, hey, sometimes the Rangers go off the board, and it doesn't suck. So, uh, Steve, um, I know goalies aren't your forte, but i got to ask. Now we we're gonna definitely see Igor says yours can come over from, um, from Ska. This, yep. this coming off season, how do you feel he fits into the Rangers' plans? Do you think he'll be able to, you know, him, Kratsov, Yorgiev, you know, even Panarin, like some other Russians that are on the Rangers? Do you think he'll fit in pretty well, or do you think he's going to have, you know, trouble, you know, adjusting to the high-powered offenses of the NHL? And he thinks he's probably going to start in Hartford. Um, well, the problem is, and, and I think you guys actually. Uh, we're talking about this already. You know, we already have two goalies in the NHL. So, Lundqvist is not going anywhere. He has a no-move clause, so you cannot even send him to the AHL if you would want to. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season. But we have two Russian goalies, Georgiev and Shevstyorkin. And they just have to battle it out for that second spot behind or in front of Lundqvist, depending on how the season goes, I guess. Um, luckily, Georgiev is still waiver exempt, so we could send him down to Hartford if we have to. But I think we could see a situation where, you know, the the three goalies play 25 to 35 games, each of them. Um, where, you know, how they were juggling goalies. Uh, you know, Georgiev went to the AHL and then they brought up Mazanek and they brought up Tokarski to sit behind, to be the backup for a game. I think this season, or this coming season, they could do a similar thing with Chef Jorkin, but then actually give him a couple of games. Um, and then it's, then it's up to him to prove that he's better than Georgiev. And if, if both Georgiev and Chef Jorkin um, can, can battle it out for two years and they have no problem being a, a, a little bit patient, I mean, Lundqvist's contract expires in 2021, which is the, the year of the expansion draft. Um, who knows? Maybe 2021, we will continue with the Russian tandem in goal, and Lundqvist will retire. Who knows? Yeah, it's I mean, it's all play. it's all extremely fluid, especially, you know, the rebuild. This team is going to keep looking different for a few years now, so we'll definitely see what's going on with the team. I mean, there's like Steve's saying, there's so many good prospects we have and they can all make this kind of impact. You know, a year ago, no one would expect that Tarmo Runinen would have this kind of impact, and look what's going on now. So, you know, it's so yeah. fluid, and the Rangers are really going to be getting different looks, and they're going to be getting a lot better as things go on. So, Steve, before we let you go, just give us your final thoughts on this offensive wonder kind from TPS. Just, you know – it's like you said before, we should really like just realize how lucky we are 
Just mm-hmm. what do you think this kid, what do you think his ceiling in the NHL is going to be, Kako? His ceiling, if, if he reaches it, he could be a, a, a 90 or 100-point player in the NHL. Oh, I mean, that's so great uh, to hear. <laughs> no, but, but, don't but, make Ruffle faint, please. Come on. If you, if, you, if you look at Barkov, Barkov had 96 points this season on a, on a, on a bad Florida Panthers team. Yeah. And Kako wow. broke, his, broke his record for goals as a 17-year-old in the Finnish League. Um, you know, this, this kid is special. There's a reason why he's projected to be second, the second overall pick. And I don't think Ranger fans understand how special it is that we get to pick one of these players. You know, and, and, and as I said before, this isn't a ninth overall pick or Kreider as a 19th overall pick who needs two, three, four years and still then it's a toss-up if he will get 40 points or 50 or 60. And you know, Zibanejad is the first player since, since Gabrick who hit the 70-point mark as a Ranger. We, as a franchise desperately need a guy who puts up 80 points for once. And I think, Absolutely. I think he can do it. He, he cannot, I don't think he's going to do it in the first or second year, maybe not even the third year. I mean, if Barkov is his best comparable, which I think it is, if you look at Barkov's point totals, I mean, 24, 36, 59, 52, and then last season, which was his fifth season in the NHL, he went for 78 points in 79 games. So maybe it yeah. maybe it will take three four years maybe even five years before we see his full potential. Um, but damn, I'm excited, man. Oh yeah, and, Steve. And this draft lottery yesterday it changes everything. It changes the whole dynamic of the franchise. It changes how Gordon does his job. It changes our rebuild. It changes how how we are going to build our team because I don't think we're going to we're going to go with like a full rebuild anymore because we all, this is what I always say, you know, because people always say, Oh, tanking doesn't work because the Sabres haven't won a cup and the Oilers haven't won a cup. But here's the thing. Not every team that picks top three wins a cup, but every team that wins a cup has picked top three. There it is. There it is. That that's it right there. And that's what people need to realize. That is exactly it. It's like that the, is uh, exactly the cow it. It's like the cow story. Not every animal is a cow, but every cow is an animal. That's <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> great. Thank nice you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was awesome yeah, talking to you. We'll you, have you on again. Thank uh, you. We'll definitely have you on again once uh, the draft is done. If we get any Euros, which I'm, obviously if Kako gets here, and if we get the Rofiev especially, we're going to have you back on. Thanks so much for joining us. And, Steve, get some sleep, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, go I to will, bed, I man. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys next time. Talk to you later. Good Thanks Steve. so much, Steve. All the All best. Right. Yeah. Bye. That was great. You know, I, I, I you know, fantastic. I love that Steve is on the team now. For those of you that don't know, Steve has been writing for us for a few months now. You know, you know all you you all know him on Twitter as Stapboy Steven. You know, he's he's a great guy who's like so in tune with our prospects. Always great with the stats and everything. Like it's just a pleasure to have him on the team and have him on the show. It's great to speak to him. Incredibly so, knowledgeable guy knows what he's talking. Everybody about. Everybody steals his stats. Absolutely. Those are team so, stats. Leave him alone. <laughs> To close mm-hmm. out yes. today, 
what we've been saying the whole episode, what is going to be said to you guys over the next two and a half months until draft day in June, realize how lucky we are that we are witnessing something that people have not seen since 1966, as Steve said, when Brad Park was taken. We have not picked this high since then. We've not picked this high in the expansion era. You know, we, we clamor for a superstar. We beg for a superstar. We've had Henrik Lundqvist since 2005, and our superstar has been in our net. But now, now is the time that we get a legitimate superstar to build around. And I don't want to hear this, oh, we don't know, he's a prospect, we don't know what. No, no. This is someone no. who projects, this is someone who is projected to be an 80 to 100 point player when he hits his peak in this league. And you combine that with the talents of Vitaly Kravtsov, who, who people are saying could be the next Evgeny Kuznetsov. So you throw in another 80-point player. Mika Zibanejad himself playing with revolving door of line mates and playing with, you know, playing with KZB when he's fully on point was a 70-point player this year. Imagine him with these kinds of guys on his wing. You throw in the development of Philip Hedl and Leah Anderson. You add, you, you know, you add Artemi Panarin into this mix, who himself is an 80-90-point player. You add in the prospects of Charmo Runinen, Nils Lundqvist, Igor Rykov, Keandre Miller, and possibly Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo, all of their developments coming together at the same time. And in goal, the, the super talented KHL record breaking Igor Shesyurkin being backed up by Alexander Georgiev and probably Henrik Lundqvist into the twilight of his career. The pain that we have gone through is worth it because now you have a building block that, the, that Jeff Gordon can firmly stand on. We wanted this. It worked. The hockey god smiled on us. And thank you, Detective Stephen McDonald. You know, for those that saw, Jeff Gordon brought his badge to the draft lottery, and I'm sure that brought us some luck there. This is what they play for. This is what this has been going toward. This is what that letter was all sent to us for. You wanted a superstar? We're going to get one now, whether it's Capo Caco or Jack Hughes. This is the turning point, and this is where it starts, and this is where our Stanley Cup contention begins again. Take that into mind as you watch teams fight for this cup during the playoffs. We might not be here now, but I guarantee you two, three years down the line when we're killing it again and we have some of the most dominant players in the Eastern Conference, this will all be worth it. You know, all, all of this is going to look good on the uh, Stanley Cup uh, New York Rangers uh, documentary when they win the Cup. <laughs> uh, if we can be so lucky, if we can be so lucky. So, with that being said... I got, I got a hot uh, take before you, oh, you okay, sign off. Okay, okay. Not really a go hot ahead. take, more just a prediction. If we mm-hmm. do pull a 180, go from where we are now to a potential playoff run next year... How likely is it that Jeff Gordon becomes GM of the year? Oh, oh my God! I, I think I think you have to you, take into account. You really have to look. Yeah, like you, like yeah, you said in the beginning, of yeah. the, the beginning of the show, you said 13 months ago. There's, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team with potential to turn it around that quickly. One season where they're basically saying, "Okay, we're gonna lose," and then they come back next year and potentially do well. This is all at the dominoes fall into place. But, hey, crazier things have happened. That is Absolutely. Correct. You know, it's, it is going to be an absolute pleasure to watch Vitaly Kravtsov and Capo Caco 
and Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and all these amazing offensive players really start to gel. And like Steve said, I do not want to hear from anyone on Rangers Twitter if, if Kravtsov and Kako start off a little slow and they maybe have 30 to 40 point season. That does not mean they are busts. It means they're adjusting. And when Kako's hitting 90 points, nobody's going to complain. And yes, he is going to be that kind of player because if you guys take a look, this is Patrick Lyon 2.0, but he does every single thing better. Think about that while you guys are watching the playoffs. So as with that, we sign off. Root for the Tampa Bay Lightning so we can get that other first-round pick. Hope that the Winnipeg Jets get knocked off. And hope that Zuccarello and the Stars at least make it as far as the Western Conference Final. Those are the storylines we're looking for this playoffs. Enjoy them. We don't really have a horse. I mean, you know, technically the Tampa Bay Lightning are a horse in this race, but enjoy some good hockey over these next two months as we lead up to the entry draft. Because next year, I'm telling you right now, the New York Rangers are about to start their road back, and the Eastern Conference is not going to be the same, and no one is going to be ready for it. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you by the entry draft. everyone. This is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group.